Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. From Washington, the McLaughlin Group, the American original. For over three decades, the sharpest minds, best sources, hardest talk. Issue one, prosecutorial indiscretion. I ask you, Mark Halpern, where is Alvin Bragg headed? That was a good imitation, Michael. That was awesome. Uh, Well, I don't know exactly where he's headed. I'll tell you that the prosecutors continue to not knock down the notion that there may be an indictment. That there will be an indictment. My spidey sense says the ham sandwich may walk free, however. Um, all these outside pundits, including some who, who don't like Donald Trump, saying uh, that he, he won't, he, he, that this would not be a good prosecution to bring, a good indictment to bring, might be having an influence. So I don't know. But at this point, I would not be surprised if this case went away. And I would not be surprised if there was an indictment. How's that for a lack of ontological certitude in answering your question? So thank you for the memories, because in the 80s in particular, the McLaughlin group was such an important part of my political coming of age. As a matter of fact, so much so that one of my closest friends for 40 years, Shane Inspector, celebrated a 30th birthday somewhere in the 80s. And his his wife uh, asked his closest of friends and this was long before we all had phones in our pocket that were capable of video production. This this took some staging, but we actually recreated the McLaughlin group just to have a celebratory birthday video. My recollection is that I played the role of John McLaughlin, and it was like a big thrill for me at the 88 convention Republican in New Orleans to actually bump into him having a beignet, I think, just to tell him how much I loved that show. What am I talking about? Talk to me about why you why you went this way today in the newsletter. Can, first of all, can we fire up the Betamax and find that tape? I'm you, dying uh, to. Mark, Mark first, time- first, first reaction I had when I saw the wide world of news today is I've got to find that tape. Yeah, well, let me know when you do. Look, the McLaughlin Group, for me and for you and for so many of your listeners and my readers, was a seminal program because Today, you can watch a show like that 24 hours a day somewhere. Somebody's doing a show like that. But back then, it was unique. It, it had great personalities. It had a recurring cast. It, 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 it was timely, even though it was once a week and, and not a live program. And it, it talked about politics in a way 
that now is common, which is as sport, uh, but with really well-reported, incisive analysis. So I love the show. It was a huge influence on me and my interest in politics and political journalism. I was I was thrilled in, in, in my career to meet many of the people who appeared regularly on the show, including Bob Novak and, um, and Patsy Cannon. And, uh, and every so often, I've probably done it a half dozen times, I try to switch my format up as regular readers know. Every so often, if the news kind of lends itself to uh, that format, I, it's what I do. And, and people shouldn't read uh, the stuff in there today as just like jokes. It is, as, as is always the case with Wide World News, it's based on my reporting and my analysis of what's going on and cover the, the Republican nomination fight, the Trump indictment uh, situation, and then some other issues and the predictions in the last segment. In recreating the McLaughlin Group today in the wide world of news, you went with Bob Novak, Pat Buchanan, Eleanor Clift, and Freddie Barnes. You did not go with Morton or Jack Germond. Why? I didn't. Uh, you know, I, in previous versions of this, I have, I've included those guys. I just kind of, whoever's voice, I feel like uh, uh, stimulating and also based on the topics. Um, but you know, I didn't go with Clarence Page either or Mort Zuckerberg. There's some others, but I'm always going to have Novak and Buchanan. I just, just those two guys are just heroes of mine from that show and from their from their careers. You have Pat Buchanan responding to the question of what's Alvin Bragg going to do by saying there will be no trials before November of 2024. That's an observation that not many people have made that I think is valid. Whether it's Jack Smith, Alvin Bragg, Fonnie Willis, is any of this going to get resolved in time for the election? And if it doesn't, does Buchanan have a point in saying, and by 2024, Mart, uh, pardon me, November 2024, Trump will get elected and then it'll never go to trial? Yeah, I mean, that's, again, based on my reporting and my analysis. I've talked to a lot of lawyers about this and I've looked at how long does it take to have a trial like this, whether it's in state court in Georgia, state court in New York, or federal court? It takes a long time for a trial like this. And Trump will have every incentive to not start the trial anytime soon. Uh, and he will have all sorts of pretrial motions and discovery and everything else. So if you look just at a normal case, chances are you wouldn't have a trial start uh, potentially before a year from November. And you think about all the firepower Trump would put on delaying this. So I had that come out of Pat's mouth because Pat's smart, and I think that's a, it's a smart point to make, again, that a lot of my sources have made, that if Trump's if Trump maybe he doesn't, maybe he, the trials are all delayed if there are any trials and, and he's not elected. But if he is elected, you know, you can't indict a sitting president, the Justice Department believes. Maybe these local officials would feel differently. But chances are Trump would have every incentive to win the election uh, to ward off uh, the, a trial ever, or certainly during the four years he was president. So, and then we get into statute of limitations uh, questions. So, the the point is, people see indictment, they think, "Oh my goodness, Trump's going to be running for president while he's you know have to get to the courtroom during the trial." I just don't see that in in terms of how trials normally go in terms of how long it takes to get to trial. Foe Robert Novak says that the union leader is going to have a very rough editorial about all this next week. Is that based on Mark Halpern's reporting? 
No, that's just a, a joke about Novak's obsession with things like the Manchester. <laughs> what used to be called the Manchester just Union leader is right, now called the right. New Hampshire leader. As if that was like a thing. Back, back then it was a thing, right? If you were running for the Republican nomination back when Novak was, you know, on the McLaughlin group, a union leader editorial would be a big deal. Right. So right. that's just a little anachronistic joke as if, like, the union leader wrote an editorial. No offense to the paper. It's a good paper, but... If they had some editorial about Ron DeSantis, it would not be earth-shattering, whereas back then it would have been. Issue two, DeSantis trumped. How do you see Ron DeSantis and what has transpired in the week since we were last together? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's in a tough position because it's very difficult for him to speed up his timetable. He could, but I don't get any sense from people around him that he plans to. Uh, and, of course, he's doing a lot of stuff that, you know, in some ways he's more active as a meta-presidential candidate than anybody but really Nikki Haley is. I mean, he's, he's out there doing stuff, even if he's in Florida, that's getting this kind of national prism attention. But, you know, polls play such a big role in how the press views these things, how the donors view it, how potential endorsers view it, uh, signing up staff. And right now, the trend in the polls is clear. You don't need to be pro-Trump to see the data and see in the public and private polling. Uh, Trump has been doing better. Now, there's a few polls, state polls floating out there that shows DeSantis doing better. But right now, that's the prism. And under that prism, people are looking at DeSantis, his answer on Ukraine, uh, some of the other things he said, some of the things from the Piers Morgan interview. And people are just saying maybe he doesn't have it. Now, the party's in a tough position. The anti-Trump wing of the Republican Party still is drawn pretty strongly to DeSantis because he's the only game in town right now. You could not bet on another pony to stop Trump. Uh, besides DeSantis. And so his, his, his decline is measurable and real, but he is held aloft by his record in Florida, held aloft by his skills, which are formidable, and mostly, I think, held aloft because, again, he's the only game in town now if you want someone to stop Trump from the nomination. Chris Christie returned to New Hampshire. He finished last in New Hampshire in 2016. Is there a lane for him? Well, I think there's going to be a lane for some third person. And as I say in Wide World of News today, right now I think he's got the best theory of the case. We know his skills on the debate stage are formidable. He destroyed Marco Rubio in the New Hampshire debate uh, in 2016. We know he's not afraid of Trump. I think he's a very smart guy. He combines kind of the, the toughness of Tony Soprano with a very big political brain. And he's not afraid of DeSantis either. Um, I've said from the beginning of the cycle, I thought he was an undervalued stock. Now, is there a lane for someone like him in the party today? If, if he's seen as a vehicle to stop Trump, if he, if he or some other fist hits Ron DeSantis in the jaw and DeSantis has the glass jaw that some suspect he has, maybe Christie is, is at that point where, where people congregate who want to stop Trump. Christie has decent relationships within the party and the donor community. He was an unsuccessful candidate in 2016. But the history of the Republican Party primarily, not exclusively, but the history of the Republican Party is people don't win the first time. Trump did and and Bush 43 did. But mostly people win running the second, third, fourth time. And, And so I continue to think Christie has the most plausible path here outside the big two. But Mark, Freddie the Beetle Barnes 
in your faux McLaughlin group correctly notes today, as reported in the wide world of news, if you can follow all this, that under the RNC rules, he won't even get on the debate stage. He, Chris Christie, because he refuses to pledge to back Trump if Trump prevails. Yeah. So I wonder if Chris Christie thought that through. You know, if you're trying to be the candidate who's not afraid of Trump and the candidate who says Trump will destroy the party, the logical conclusion is to say, well, I won't support Trump if he's the nominee. The problem with that is, again, as you just said, the RNC has sent the strong message that you cannot get on the debate stage. One of the requirements will be you have to say no matter who the party voters nominate, I will support that person. Now, I don't know that Trump's going to say that because I don't think that Trump wouldn't say that in 16, and I don't know if he's inclined to say it. So maybe the RNC will have to change the rule. Maybe Christie will say, yeah, I'll support Trump, but but do it with a wink and a nod. So it's not an ironclad thing. It's possible he could get on the debate stage, even if he maintains that position for a variety of ways. Either the RNC changes the rule or Christie changes his position or whatever. But it does it does undermine, again, his sort of strongest thing is, I'll be on that debate stage. I will bust those two guys' chops so hard that they won't be left standing, and I'll be I'll be the I'll be the one who picks up the pieces. Now, Christie could Christie could knock him down, and then somebody else could come in, as happened in '16, where he knocked down Rubio and Trump, you know, stood tall. But but it does give him a chance. And again, I don't see a path right now for anybody else. Even that doesn't mean there won't be, but I don't see it right now. Let's spend a moment and talk about the Democrats. Yesterday in the wide world of news, you had the Monmouth reporting that showed most D's would rather replace most D's would rather replace Joe Biden as the nominee. Today, Gallup says that Biden's approval stands at 40 percent. What's going on on that side of the aisle presidential race? I just want to say one more quick thing about Christie. You know, he's not popular with the base of the party. The MAGA wing of the party does not like him. And the, and the Romney wing of the party doesn't love him either. So I don't want to overstate his potential. It's just, uh, you know, he's, he's to me right now, got a theory of the case. Of well, he's, uh, but let, me just, let me just say something. Yeah. He has a Pence problem. Yeah. It's the same thing. On one hand, Pence was yep. the loyal v, the yep. VP for four years. Hey, that's great for MAGA. But then in the end, he didn't do what they wanted. Same thing with Chris Christie. Exactly. Exactly. He hugged he hugged Barack Obama during the superstorm. And look, there are a lot of voters in the Republican Party who don't want Trump or DeSantis. There are. And if someone can congregate them, can aggregate them, can consolidate them, they've got a chance to be at the table. And I think Christie's, again, as a theory of the case there. You know, the Biden numbers, I just don't think are going to get better, no matter how well he does in 23 with standing up to MAGA, passing more legislation, whatever he does. There's a very large block in the Democratic Party who just don't think someone of his age should be the nominee. And that's not going to go away, but it doesn't mean he won't be the nominee if he runs. And it doesn't mean he can't win a general election because Joe Biden is the popularizer of one of the most important principles in politics, asking voters to not compare you to the almighty, but to compare you to the alternative. A lot of Democrats don't want an 80-year-old nominee or an 80-year-old president, but if the choice is that thing or Trump or DeSantis, maybe, uh, they'll take the 80-year-old, and, and that's what Joe Biden is counting on. But these numbers are gruesome, uh, particularly if you look at, if, if you take the position as, as Joe Biden does, his record is stellar, that he's passed all these very important landmark pieces of legislation, that he has he's saved the heart and soul of the country from Trumpism. To have so many people say, uh-uh, don't want him within his own party, it's gruesome. 
But again, I don't know that it, that it speaks in any decisive way to the question of whether he'll be the nominee if he runs or whether he can win a general election. The correct answer is that it doesn't matter because, again, it will be a referendum on Donald Trump. Out of time. Bye bye. <laughs> uh, kudos gonna, to you for pulling all that. I'm gonna, stuff I'm gonna be th- kudos to TC. I'm gonna be thinking about the McLaughlin group for the rest of the day, and that's a good thing. And that is a good thing. It is. Hey, Mark. One last one say, last observation, if yeah, I yeah. might. Yes, they sir, were they were. I'm gonna say smart guys because most of them were male. But the whole the whole lineup, Eleanor Clift included. Uh, and I'm trying to think of who was the other woman who was a regular. Um, Damn it, I've had her as a guest here, although not recently. They were all razor sharp and funny. That's what made it work. It was funny, and I'll tell you the other thing that made it work. Great television is about characters. And it it wasn't the exact same people every week, but there were, you know, maybe 10 primary people who rotated into the four chairs with McLaughlin. And every week was, who's there and how did they interact? And um, I don't remember there being consistently another woman. I'm curious who you're thinking. I, 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 it's, um, it's on the tip of my tongue. She wrote this brilliant essay about a year ago about how her grandmother was a uh, um, uh, a maid at the not at the Hay Adams. Maybe it was the Hay Adams. And it just put, not, Elizabeth, not Elizabeth Drew. No, no, no. I'll figure it out. Uh, I will figure. Okay. Yeah, uh, there definitely was. I'll tell you. There's there's so little McLaughlin group on YouTube it kills me. Uh, there should be we should be able to watch them, but they're not really available online unless somebody can find them for us, uh, uh, which is a shame because younger people should be able to watch them. They're like go ahead. Great was it was it Margaret Carlson? Who Margaret, wrote the Carlson. In the, yes. Margaret Carlson. Uh, in the Atlantic. Margaret Carlson. Margaret Carlson. My grand her grandmother yeah. Yeah. her grandmother I, worked at the. Um, at the Hotel Washington, now the W. Now the W. Uh, Nellie O'Connor I'd, I'd McCreary. Be, I'd be curious on an episode, Ken. I agree Margaret was on occasionally, but I don't think she was on anywhere nearly as much as some of the other people we've talked about. I got to say, Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, jeopardizing my uh, half my career, it also makes me realize how weak so many of the shows are today. When you think, oh my when God. You think about the close. brilliance that the McLaughlin group. And, and it, was, it, was, it was a PBS production, right? Well, it was interesting. It was actually produced by McLaughlin's production company. It aired on PBS stations in every market in the country except Washington and New York. What? I believe those are the only two markets. It aired on, on the, the NBC affiliates in Washington and New York. Wow. It was wow. a weird hybrid. It was yeah. a weird thing. It aired on, on WRC in Washington, and I believe it aired on WM, virtually certain, on WNBC in New York. And I think those are the only two markets. In Boston, L.A., et cetera, it aired on PBS. So. It was a weird, a weird deal that he had, and uh, and it worked. It was a great show, and and uh, boy, Novak. It was for your listeners who don't know about Bob Novak, just as just a singular force in American <laughs> journalism, just a hilarious, hilarious, <laughs> hilarious man. Um, uh, relatedly, I'm curious if TC in her spare time can figure out how many episodes of this program I've done because my spidey senses were coming up on an anniversary. Could be oh, wrong, but oh. maybe maybe for next week. Somehow right. I'm on that it, Mark. Ha- tallied, that would be using great. the algorithm. That would be great. Maybe wrong. Mark, thank you for that. Yeah. As you can tell, I really enjoyed, oh, thank you. I really enjoyed no, the wide my, world of news today. My, that was fun. Fun my, stuff. My pleasure. I wrote it, I wrote it for you. My love, folks. <laughs> <home to you. laughs> thank you, thank sir. You. Thank you both. All Talk right. to you next week. That's Bye-bye. Mark Halpern. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. 
Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. I assume in the POTUS audience, a lot of McLaughlin Group fans. Yeah, we, we can reminisce about that for sure. And we can also pick up on some of the things that uh, I was discussing with Mark, not the least of which is the Chris Christie question, because I've been eager to discuss that as well. Is there a lane for Chris Christie? I, I don't I don't see it for this reason. The Times points out today he and his audience members revisited, this is Christie in New Hampshire, his last place finish in the New Hampshire primary that year, his leaving the race and endorsing Trump and his eager support for the former president right through the 2020 election for MAGA because he parts company with Trump. He's dead to them. And to the non-MAGA people, it's the same thing I say about Mike Pence. It's the fact that he was so tied at the hip with Trump all the way until the 2020 election that he can't be the alternative. What am I missing? One last thing, and I remember saying this at the time back in 2015, 2016. I remember profiling Chris Christie, TC, for Philadelphia Magazine for a cover. Do you remember I wrote that cover piece about Chris remember. Christie? I invested a lot of time in I it. I know. That was before the emergence of Donald Trump. Christie was Trump before Trump. Right. Remember the when Trump, walk? When Trump emerged, everyone was like, oh, is he out Chris Christie and Chris Christie? Be, do you remember the boardwalk encounters? Yes. Like people was, would get in his face and, and he would give rude it right, right back. back to right, he would right give back. it right back in a town hall. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, here came Donald Trump. and he, he Times just, a thousand times a thousand christy on steroids campbell greetings in denver colorado on the chris christie question what do you think yeah michael so i i thought uh mark halpern's thoughts about christie were interesting uh, the, i hadn't thought about him as a super strong uh candidate historically but the more i thought about it the more i'm like ah, he might could thread the needle he's kind of the the, the likable jerk no trump people are going to give him their first vote 
but he's enough of a kind of hard ass that they might come around to him. Uh, I thought I, I thought that was an interesting an, an interesting thought. He would certainly be better than Trump. Um, I'm not going to vote for much any Republican, but I'm not one of those people who says they'd rather have Trump just because they think he's more likely to beat. I think that's that is playing with fire a little bit too much. But yeah, I think Christie could could potentially win some people over. Christie needs. Thank you for the phone call, Campbell. Christie needs DeSantis to falter, and maybe you know maybe DeSantis. We had this. As a poll question a couple of days ago, maybe he has a glass jaw. He's had a rough couple of weeks, including his comments to Tucker Carlson in writing, mind you. It's not as if he said something foolish that that he regretted because it was top of mind. He had a written response on a question pertaining to Ukraine. We talked about it at the time that he since pulled back from in his Piers Morgan interview. If DeSantis stumbles, then Christie maybe picks up the mantle as the Trump alternative, who's very much like Trump. I just think among MAGA members, the way in which he parted with Trump in 2020 would be a a real problem. Hi, Lou, you're in Morton, Illinois. What did you want to contribute? Well, Michael, I wanted to say, first of all, I thought your uh, last comment about Chris Christie not having a lane at the uh, end of your uh, beginning of your last break was wrong. (laughs) Did you uh, you enjoy the show? I love the show. I also love the Saturday Night Live spoofs of the show. Yes, with Dana Carvey, right? Yes, absolutely. But anyway, as a Republican who never voted for a Democrat before Joe Biden, I will take Chris Christie. I don't care if Chris Christie supported Trump up until 2020. I just want anybody but Trump. So if that's Chris Christie, I'm fine with that. And I think there's a lot of never Trumpers that would feel the same way. I totally get it. The question is, how could he get nominated? I'm, I'm not even thinking about what happens at a general election. It's it's how in the world could he be could he be nominated? Hi, Jane, you're in Fort Myers, Florida. Good for you. What are you thinking today? What I'm thinking is everybody keeps talking about why hasn't DeSantis gotten in the race yet. Legally, under the state of Florida, if he gets in the race now, he has to resign. And he's not. And the legislature is working on it. They're going to change it for him, but he can't announce yet. Well, that's similar to the uh, it's this, the laws that preclude someone from running for another office. That applies in Philadelphia, by the way, and I think it's always held back individuals who serve in the city as maybe a council person from being elected statewide because they're not able to do so under the charter. It kind of reminds me of what I'm going to address in the next hour of the program on sore loser laws. Different issue, but but in a similar vein uh, in terms of whether you have a free hand to run for an office while you're also an incumbent. Uh, Thank you for that, Jane. Appreciate the education on Florida law. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. 
you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Listen to Michael live, weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. John McLaughlin uh, left this earth in 2016 at age 89, if you were wondering. I looked it up because I figured many of us wanted to know. I, If I knew this, I forgot it. He entered the Jesuit order in 1947. At age 18, he went to Weston College in Weston, Mass., which later became the Theological Seminary of Boston College to become a Catholic priest, entered the Jesuit order in 1947 at age 20, was ordained as a priest, went on to earn two master's degrees. After his ordination, McLaughlin spent some years as a high school teacher, a Jesuit prep school in Connecticut, took time off, earned a Ph.D. at Columbia, wrote his thesis on the Catholic poet Gerard Manley Hopkins, then became a writer and later an assistant editor for a Jesuit current affairs publication. Disagreements with the editor of the magazine led to his departure in 1970, moved back to Providence and began a political career. Interesting background. I did not know that. Corey, Charlotte, North Carolina. Greetings. What did you most want to say? I used to love the McLaughlin group because there was civil discourse. I used to be able to speak to both sides of the aisle because I would listen and they wouldn't talk over each other, which we need a show like that now, but you could never, ever get it. It, it was also it was also funny, like it was humorous. And, and, and even when they disagreed now to your point about allowing one another to finish their words. I don't know if I remember it that way. And SNL spoofed. You're about to hear as John McLaughlin. You're about to hear Dana Carvey and others. I'll tell you who they are in just a sec, but a refresher. Play it. Now here's the moderator, John McLaughlin. Issue number one, the commander in chief in Mexico. Bush wants a free trade agreement. What does President Salinas want? Pat Buchanan. John Salinas is playing up his recent economic success and steering his Jump, country toward... I don't think it's so much what Salinas wants. It's what Eleanor the Mexicans... Cliff. John, this is just another case of President Bush trying to push a policy. I'm not sure Bush has that... a policy, which Excuse is part me, of the problem. Pat, I believe Eleanor has the floor. Thanks, John. The hard so truth it's Dana, is that it's Bush... Dana Carvey as John McLaughlin. The other voices you heard, John Goodman, Phil Hartman, Kevin Nealon, and Jan Hooks. Fun stuff. 
The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate.